0: She's passionate about helping you become the best mama you can be and is pulling back the curtain on experts advice for every area of our lives, from eating for wellness, the best advice for littles, fashion and style, and everything in between. Get ready to get real. This is Not Your Mama's Podcast with your host, Christina Franci. Hey friends, welcome to this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. The title of this episode is Overcoming Your Weight Loss Challenges, and I am so excited. We are speaking with Lisa Salisbury, who is a help and weight loss coach. Lisa, it is such an honor to have you on. I can't wait to dive into this topic today. But before we do, can you have the audience know a little bit more about you and how you kind of got into this field? I'm really interested.
1: Yeah. Well, first thanks so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. And I got into this field, probably like many others, starting with my own weight struggle. Mm-hmm. I started dating, or dating. I started dieting um, when I was really young. You know, it was first brought to my attention that I was overweight Um, really when I was little, because it was a constant comment that I had not lost my baby fat. And so all through elementary school, like it's okay. She just hasn't lost her baby fat. And so it was, you know, very clear to me early on that there was something not quite right with my body. And I was told several times through high school and then again in college by um, primarily adult men that I should lose weight. Um, I was told by my swim coach that my body fat was too high. He gave me vitamins to help with that. So just a lot of messages that there was that my body was not right. And then through, I had four kids. So through the pregnancy and nursing of of all of that, you know, your weight does go up and down Mm -hmm. as it should, (laughs) right. As it should, but the messages back then, um, you know, my oldest is 24. My youngest is 15. And so the bounce back as fast as you can was really strong that you shouldn't look like you had had a baby if it had been more than six weeks, like, well, you know, most people, they, they get their body back And so those messages were so strong. And um, so again, I just was constantly trying to lose weight. And I remember being pregnant with my last and thinking, well, this is the last time I can be, I can be overweight. This is the last time it'll be okay for me to look heavy, right? Mm -hmm. Which is not the same as pregnancy, (laughs) but this is like how distorted my thoughts had become. And so I tried diet after diet and it wasn't until I had found coaching and the idea that just getting our brains on board and you know not hating myself then not talking to myself in a way that is so degrading in my brain and not labeling my foods good and bad and just working with my body working with my brain that's really where things came unlocked for me and what's really crazy is that I have weighed this amount that my current weight lots of times in my life and have thought it's not right. And now, because I'm at such peace with food and with my body, I'm like, this is totally great for me. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm at a, you know, regular sort of weight. I'm not at a, you know, stage weight for a fitness competitor. That's not what I do. And I'm like, I love this. I love living. Living and just loving my body and loving food.
0: Yeah. And it's so important the way you talk to yourself matters. And I think Mm. that's really a key component. You know, if you're just keep saying you're not good enough, you're not good enough. You're never going to feel good enough. And you're never going to be satisfied. And you're going to show up in the world that way. You know, our thoughts are totally, you know, signals of energy of things that we want to attract you know, and through your experience or what are some challenges that you see that keep you stuck or people stuck in their current eating habits?
1: Yeah. I think I alluded just to this at the end there is, I think one of the biggest things is labeling foods. Mm -hmm. So when we label foods, just generally speaking, good or bad, healthy or not healthy, we inadvertently, we label ourselves. So if we've eaten bad foods and I'm going to put that in air quotes, right? We've eaten bad foods, then we're bad. So you've heard, you've heard someone say this, oh, I was so bad today. I had three cookies Mm -hmm. or well, I've been really good today. I had a salad for lunch. So I deserve this thing." right? Neither one are helpful. It's, it doesn't, It doesn't help to label foods in that way. Foods have no moral value. They are energy to your body. And we want to eat things that work for our bodies 80 to 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. And we don't need to label it good or bad or healthy to know what works for us. And I think that's probably one of the biggest hurdles for people to get over.
0: You know, also like an advertisement, let's say like Carl's Jr. or something, or ice cream bar, like the, um, I'm forgetting what it is, but they label it as like something, you know, it's sexy to eat this or it's mm-hmm. bad to eat that. So it's kind of like, or fun to eat this. It's almost like subconsciously programming us, like how they tie food with emotion totally. and how it's supposed to make you feel like mm-hmm. eating this or having that. So I think also you have to really separate yourself from some of the advertisement on how they promote food or restaurants and things like that, because it can be really overstimulating, especially if you have this narrative in your head of like labeling food, you know, you're not good enough. Can't eat that. Can't do this. Oh, this was good. So I think, you know, Mm kind of limiting how much you, you know, expose yourself to the world around you and, you know, kind of silencing it out so that you can get on track with a good mental thought process about food.
1: Totally. And I, and two on those advertisements, they're always going to glorify overeating. Mm -hmm. They're going to tell, you know, it's, it's so fun. And we have these little hashtags, food coma, like overeating (laughs) is actually not that fun. And when I really like push my clients on this, like, let's think about how your body feels When you've overeaten, they're like, yeah, it's not actually great. And so I always like to remind them more of this item, more of this food is not going to actually increase the experience of it. Your brain is like, let's have some more. Let's have some more. It tastes so good. But you end up decreasing your overall experience by overeating that item
0: hmm Yeah. And then just feeling like you're in a food coma, miserable, like who wants to feel mm-hmm. that? Um, so what are some actionable tools to manage your brain when you're thinking about your body and about food?
1: Mm-hmm. So some of the things that I work with my clients on is thinking about over desire and over hunger. So some, one of the ways that we think about the way our physical hunger um, occurs is it comes and goes in waves and it's really driven by our hunger hormones, insulin, leptin, and ghrelin. And if we're feeling like our hunger is coming in too frequent of, of waves, if we're having too many peaks throughout the day, And let me just clarify that we should probably be eating somewhere between every three and a half to four and a half hours. So it's much longer than you typically have been taught in the past with diets. We really want to give ourselves time to digest and get that food cleared out before we're putting new food on top. So my clients actually don't snack. We eat a a meal. And then we wait until there's physical hunger happening. So typically that's going to be three and a half to four, even sometimes five hours. And so if you're having hunger happening more often than that, and you're like, I'm hungry all the time, it could be a sign that your hunger hormones are out of whack. And mostly that's driven by Insulin. And so, in order to decrease that insulin, constant insulin response, there's a couple things that we can do. Number one, we can eat fewer carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. And let me just repeat fewer, not the none, not zero. We want to still really emphasize fruit vegetables, um, potatoes, whole grains, all of that kind of thing. We're talking about processed sugar and flour. So we just want to de-emphasize those kinds of things. And then the second thing we do is eat in, um, eat less often and in smaller quantities. And so that's what I'm talking about waiting for hunger. And so we wait until we have true physical hunger, not just that first signal or that first idea, but really wait until you're ready to eat an entire meal Mm -hmm. and then sit down and eat that meal until you are just, just to enough And then stop eating and wait again. This is going to really help reset those hunger hormones. And so even though the the hormones are something kind of abstract, it doesn't feel like a concrete tool, like, oh, I don't really know what to do about insulin or ghrelin or what are those words, but the actionable things there are really waiting for hunger and for physical hunger. And, and then just, if you can a few bites less of your processed carbohydrates, it's surprising how much difference that's going to make. And so, um, just thinking about emphasizing your vegetables, protein, fiber, fat, and, and don't leave out fruit for sure. Tons of good fiber in fruit and just de-emphasizing the things that are going to have processed sugars and a lot of, a lot of processed flours. Um, and then the second part is over desire. So that's kind of over hunger when we're getting these hunger signals that are kind of like Why am I hungry again? Um, Over desire is just the constant thought of, I need that. I deserve that. I've spent a long day and that creates desire in your brain. And so we want to allow that desire to be present without reacting to it, which is like a whole skill that you want to learn. It's the idea of Allowing a craving to be in your body and being like, oh, here I am being a woman that wants a cookie again, like so curious that, you know, get into curiosity, like, why am I wanting this? What's going on? What do I think is happening? And really ask yourself like, oh, why, why is this coming up for me again? And allowing it to be present without being like, You're never going to lose weight if you just constantly keep wanting cookies. You're never going to be successful at this. It's too hard, or just grit and bear it and use willpower. All of that is just resisting and pushing that craving down. It's going to come right back up. So we need to let it be present in the body and process it and then let it dissipate. And that is how we're going to get over that constant over desire. And as we do those two things in conjunction, like we're reducing the the insulin by managing that and then allowing cravings to be present. You're going to find that going that three and a half to four and a half hours in between meals is like easy. And sometimes you're like, I, I'm not even hungry yet. And it's dinner time. And you just, it's so easy to go from between lunch and dinner because you're properly fueling and um and managing the cravings that are coming.
0: Yeah. It's totally working on that self-control, which is hard to to do. Sometimes I get those cravings and I'm like, oh my gosh, like just you don't go to it. Don't go to the graham crackers and, and the chocolate, <laughs> you know? And mm-hmm. it's like so hard to like, okay, you don't need it. Let's just focus your energy. Let's make like an almond butter shake instead. Maybe that'll satisfy mm-hmm. the craving that I'm I'm looking for. So, you know, I'm also really curious, there's this new trend going on And I feel like so many celebrities are doing it. There's like, a, you know, getting a handful of people that I know doing it. What are your thoughts on like this whole ozempic thing? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, getting the shot once a week. And I think it is for people who are diabetics, but now they are using it, you know, for a weight loss supplement. Um, Not that you're a doctor, but I just curious, since you are in the field of weight loss, What are your thoughts on this? And do you think it's a good thing for people to be doing um, or they should just stick to normal, like self-discipline mindset? You know, you can do it without like a insulin type of drug. Mm -hmm.
1: So um, yeah, like you said, not a doctor, but my feeling on it is it's not for vanity weight loss. And what I mean by that is, if you've got five, 10, 20 pounds to lose, that's, you're talking about just the shape of your body. You want it to be different. If you have the disease of obesity, which can be diagnosed, then it that's who it's appropriate for. It's appropriate for someone who has the constant noise of hunger. So it's past this over hunger, over desire that can be managed with, um, with regular diet and and mental interventions you you have i i i don't have this and so i am not able to speak to exactly how it feels but from what i understand it's not just a constant hunger but it's a constant overwhelming thoughts of food that drive the eating and that is actually what ozempic helps with it's not so much a metabolic drug as it is helping it's it is solving the mental problem of the disease of obesity. So if that is the case for you, then absolutely do that in conjunction with working with, um, you know, a health coach like me who can help you also dial in what's happening with your meals and, you know, doing some of the coaching work that happens with the brain along with that drug. If you are like, I just need to lose my last 10 pounds. No, it's not for you. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, it like many drugs can be used off label in, in a, a, you know, not great way, but it works. And so people still do it because they're like, well, I don't feel hungry. And so it's just so convenient. It's so much easier. You have not learned then to process your cravings. And this is why people go off of it and they gain the weight right back. Because it's like doing a crash diet that you haven't learned anything. Mm -hmm. Those that have the true disease of obesity will actually be on this drug long-term, if not for life. Yeah. And so if you're not that person that needs it for that long, long amount of time, it's unlikely to be appropriate for you. But again, consult your own doctor.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, perfect. I just wanted to know what your thoughts were on it since you're in like the weight loss field and, you know, if anyone is considering using it, you know, really- weigh your options out? And also, you know, do you really need it? Like you said, is it a five to 10 pound thing you're trying to lose? Or do you really have like the obesity um, diagnosis and and need a little extra help for that? Um, well, Lisa, I have four questions I ask all my guests and I can't wait to know what your answers are. So my first question to you is who and what inspires you?
1: So there's actually a couple of weight loss coaches out in the world that inspire me. And I find some of their work just as a life coach, I find them inspiring, but for the most part um, in my personal life, I'm inspired by my religious leaders. And so I'm, I'm a Christian. And so I find inspiration there and with a lot of, so it's, it's kind of varied as far as like the broad range of, of leaders I follow, but there's a couple women in particular. I don't know if you want like specific names, but
0: just whatever you, yeah. Usually the first thing that comes to your mind is the best answer. So if if you have like a broad spectrum of people that you like, then that's great. You know? Yeah. Um, so what is something you wished you knew when you were younger?
1: So I definitely wish I knew that my body was good. I wish I knew that no matter what my body, nothing had gone wrong with my body and that it was actually functioning exactly as it should. It was storing fat for later. It was gaining weight to protect my babies and it was keeping weight on for the same reason during nursing and that nothing has gone wrong. And I think that's probably my biggest thing with, with when I was younger.
0: No, that's beautiful. I love that. And I think everyone needs to be reminded your body is beautiful, no matter what stage it's in, you know, it's miraculous and it does things for you during your time of need, you know, like pregnancy, gaining weight, breastfeeding, and you know, your body's always going to be fluctuating. You know, you're going to have like your good months. You're going to feel like you have you know, your bad months, but we need to embrace our bodies and love our bodies. And then we'll see ourselves in a different light. So I think that's really important to understand. There's nothing wrong with you. You're Mm -hmm. built exactly the way you're supposed to be. Um, and then my third question is what's the essential part of your daily routine? I think
1: my most essential part is going to bed on time. I'm a huge advocate of sleep And not just with how it affects our weight loss, because it definitely does in your abilities to make decisions the next day, as well as how it affects those hunger hormones I mentioned, but it's, there's, there's countless reasons. And so there, I noticed there was like a, um, a reel on Instagram. That's like, Oh, I do anything to get eight hours of sleep. And then the other guy is like, would you go to bed eight hours before you have to wake up? And he's like, Oh no, I can't do that. <laughs> that's what I do. Like, yeah. I'm like, what time do I have to wake up? And I, and so I go to bed on time. And I think that is really the key to one, to my schedule.
0: Perfect. And then my last question is the best advice you've ever received. I had
1: an answer for this, and now I've just... Bl- oh yes, I do remember now. <laughs> I was like, um, my, so when my dad was alive, um, he was like a natural life coach. He didn't actually need to ever work on his thoughts like a lot of us do, because he just said, "There's the option to be happy, and so I am," and. I just think he was, and probably I should have included him in one of my inspirations as well, but his ability to choose the good and choose the happiness. And just even, you know, despite what he was going through, despite what his family was going through, he was a genuinely happy person. And I just think that is good advice to just say, if it's an option, it's, it is an option for you. And so see how you can choose it.
0: I love that. That's a really great advice. Thanks dad for that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Lisa, thank you so much for coming on this week's episode of not your mama's podcast. All of her links are down below in the show notes. Don't be shy. Go say hi. And thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode. And I hope to see you in the next one. Thank you.